What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Trailblazer reporter, Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and now also on YouTube. If you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, do that now. I'd appreciate it. Thanks for making Locked on Blazers your first listen every day. It's free on all platforms, five days a week, coming at you every single weekday. So make it a part of your daily routine. Make it your first listen every day and tell your pals to do the same. In today's show, we're talking all-star reserves. Uh, Both Eastern and Western Conference all-star teams are confirmed. We'll also talk about Joe Cronin, who spoke to NBA.com's Mark Medina and basically said nothing, but uh, mixed in that nothing, he may have tipped his hand about the direction the Trailblazers are headed. And finally, Larry Nance Jr. hasn't played a game in 15, he's missed the last 15 games, hasn't played a game since January 5th, he missed a month, he's upgraded and may return Friday against Oklahoma City. So we'll get into all of that. First, let's talk about the All-Star teams. I think the coaches mostly got this right. Uh, All-Star starters were previously announced. Uh, spoiler, no Trailblazers are going to be in the All-Star game this year. Uh, that was pretty much a given when, when Damon Lillard was hurt. But uh, there's Amphrey Simons will not d- defend his a dunk contest title. Nobody's in in uh, the three-point contest. There are no Blazers in the uh, Rising Stars game, which is rookies, sophomores, and a couple G-leaguers. Blazers don't have um, don't have star rookies, don't have star second-year players, and uh, don't qualify for a G-league team despite some of your opinions. Uh, you could make a case that every time he belongs in the three-point contest, he's been, he's been good, but it's just not how the cookie crumbled. So no Blazers in the All-Star uh, game. So this is mostly about who else made it. And I think for the most part, the coaches got this right. Uh, I have a couple quibbles and I'll share them with you. Let's start in the Eastern Conference. Uh, starters were already announced. It's Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo, DeMar DeRozan, Trey Young, and Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant will likely get replaced. But for now, those are your starters. And then the reserves were announced today. And in the East, you get Zach Levine from your Chicago Bulls, James Harden from your Brooklyn Nets. I guess they're probably not your team. Jimmy Butler, uh, Chris Middleton, Jason Tatum, Darius Garland, first-time All-Star, and Fred Van Vliet, first-time All-Star. Wonderful for those two. Um, Only quibble here is Middleton. I think what happened was that uh, the... The East didn't have, there's two guards, two four, three forwards, and two wild card spots, and there just weren't enough good front court players in the East. Like, I think you could have made a case for Jarrett Allen over uh, over Chris Middleton, but do the Cavs deserve two All-Stars and the Bucks don't? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. That's how it works. Um, I think Chris Middleton is the third most deserving All-Star on his own team. I think Drew Holiday could have started the All-Star game, certainly deserved to be in this one, but it's just like a forwards thing. Um, So we'll see how that shakes out there. I know people were making the case for LaMelo Ball. Give me Drew Holiday over LaMelo Ball. Um, Some people were making the case for Tyler Hero. Give me LaMelo Ball over Tyler Hero. That's the blowback to the blowback. Uh, But I think Middleton is the only one that is eyebrow-raising. And even then, like, Chris Middleton's good. Uh, He's he's certainly, like, all-star quality. Um, it's just he's is is he having a better season than some of those other more deserving players? For my money, he is not having a better year than Drew Holiday, certainly. Uh, but some of that is just like the positionality of way the league works. In the West, we already had our all-star starters as well. It was Steph Curry, John Morant, Andrew Wiggins, 
LeBron James and Nikola Jokic. And then you got your West Reserves announced today. And I think the West Reserves are pretty much 100% correct. Devin Booker and Chris Paul from Phoenix, Rudy Gobert, Draymond Green, Carl Anthony Towns, Luka Doncic, and Donovan Mitchell. That means the Suns get two All-Stars, the Jazz get two All-Stars, and the Warriors get three. Uh, I think that's right. Um, in the West, no team below seventh got an all-star except for LeBron, who's who, Lakers are in ninth place right now as I'm recording this. Lakers play uh, the Clippers a little bit later on, about an hour here as I'm recording this on Thursday, February 3rd. So they may they may jump up at a ninth. Um, but LeBron is one of the five best players in the league, having an incredible season, certainly deserves to be there. I don't have I don't really have um any beef with the West. I think the beef with the West is Andrew Wiggins and Andrew Wiggins' inclusion is is like it would have created a little bit more chaos down the line, but the other 11 guys were a lock. Like I did this uh I'll just I'll out him because I think it comes public. Uh, Jason Quick had a vote for this. Um and so he me and him I, I sat with him one night on press row and he was like who sh- who should I pick for All-Stars? And we kind of penciled it out and we had 11 names that were lo- like in my mind locks. I don't know I have no idea how he ended up voting, but I know he did have a vote. Um and our the names that we came up with were Steph, John Morant, LeBron, Jokic, Booker, Doncic, Gobert, Draymond Green, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul and Carl Anthony Towns. That was 11 locks. And then we're, we were just talking about the 12th guy. Some of this exercise was to be like, is, is this was way before Dame was out for good and, um, and headed for surgery. We were like, could Dame come back and make the team? That's what Jason and I were discussing. Is there a chance that Dame returns and makes the all-star team? And it's kind of like, well, he's only he's only battling for one spot, and that one spot was with San Antonio's Dejounte Murray, who's had a really nice season. Uh, Brandon Ingram at the time, Shea Gilgis Gil- Gil- Alexander at the time, maybe even Anthony Edwards at the time. Uh, I think you could make a case for all of those. I, I think since then, Jaron Jackson Jr. has had like four, five block games and like solidified himself as an all de- all defense type guy, and will get votes for Defensive Player of the Year. He's been that good, um, so he certainly is a name to watch if, when they replace. Um, when they make injury replacements. Like I said, in the East, you're only talking about Kevin Durant is going to be the injury replacement. Hopefully that's, for my money, hopefully that's Drew Holiday, but it would be cool, I guess, if Lamella Ball got in there because um, he's been very good this year. So either way, but in or that's in the East. In the West, uh, Draymond Green said he was on the TNT broadcast when the teams were announced. He said he won't play. So that's one replacement for sure. LeBron James, I think, is super questionable to play in this game. Uh we shall see. Uh, you know, he's he's not playing tonight. Um, he's missed. He obviously missed the game against the Blazers uh, last night. He's not playing tonight against the Clippers. It's it's kind of unclear what LeBron's availability will be, but I, I think he's a chance that even if he's if he comes back to play actual games, will he play in the exhibition game? Maybe maybe he plays three minutes and sits and just like does his thing. But I think there's. Um, there's a chance that there are two full replacements in the West, certainly one. And I think among those two, you get DeJounte Murray and Jaron Jackson Jr. and, 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 uh, Brandon Ingram, I'd probably go Murray and Triple J first. Um, I think those are the two most deserving players. Uh, one thing I would note about the West is like, um, while there were 11 apps, like 11 clean locks, 11, like super simple locks this year. Um, and the 12th spot was like a little up for grabs. Do I think Andrew Wiggins would have made it if he was the 12th guy? I don't know, but he would have been absolutely under consideration. Like he's been, he's been good enough to be considered this year. Not good enough to start, but that's, it's a fan voting. I I can't be mad at the fans if that's who they want, or that's how the algorithm works with, um, the Zaza Pachulia machines. Cool. Like I got no beef with, with, um, if fans vote, put them in the game, but, um, like Wiggins was more like the, 
borderline 12th type as opposed to one of the five starters, but still cool. Still happy for, um, happy for wigs. Uh, but just, just like going through this, Paul George, not in this all-star game. Damian Lord, not in this all-star game. Anthony Davis, not in this all-star game. Kawhi Leonard, not in this all-star game. You know, Kawhi out all year wasn't going to happen. Uh, PG's missed a bunch of time, uh, hasn't played. I believe has not played in 2022. Damian Lord has not played in 2022. Anthony Davis just back after ex- extended absence, his second absence of the year, just hadn't played enough games and hadn't been very good. Um, probably not all-star quality for my money and and hadn't been very good. Like, so... It, you're talking about those 11 locks plus four more like perennial all-stars in, in PG, Dame, AD, and Kawhi. Uh, the West is just loaded, is loaded. That means that like one of Donovan Mitchell or Carl Anthony Towns or even, um, you know, potentially Gobert or Draymond Green who are like going to win Defensive Player of the Year don't make the all-star team if those gentlemen are um, around. Certainly not Andrew Wiggins. Um, I think it does change the calculation on Ja, although he was voted in as a starter. So that's kind of a different thing. Um like the West is down this year absolutely is. And some of the down this year is injuries, but I think like just going, doing this exercise and seeing who indeed is injured and who made it, um, lets you know how freaking hard it is to make an all-star team. So when some of you ask like, is Anthony Simons going to make the all-star team? I've gotten that question a lot. I always bet no. And I think just doing this exercise is like, it is really a really, really tough bar to clear. Like you're not going to see any Blazers names on snubbed lists this year. Um, some of it is team record, some of it is just performance, but it is just, it is really hard to get in this fraternity and the West just is loaded with good players. Um, and there's, you know, there's no reason to think it won't be equally hard this year and going forward because a bunch of these dudes, um, are young. And then there's, you know, Steph Curry and LeBron. Uh, it's, uh, it is tough to make the all-star team and rightfully so. So congrats to those who do. Like I said, I think the coaches mostly got this right. It's fan voting and media voting and player voting for the first five coaches pick the reserves. I think, I think the coaches mostly got this right. They got the West hundred percent correct. So let me be clear. And Middleton was just like, it's a positional thing. Um, not, not who I would have chosen, but that's how it works. I guess. All right, let's come back in the second segment. Joe Cronin talked to NBA.com's Mark Medina. He basically said nothing at a very professional level, but he might have let slip his direction that the franchise is headed in. Let's talk about that direction next. But first, let me tell you about betonline.net. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Listen, we're heading into the best betting week of the year. Uh, the Super Bowl is is in a, is a week from Sunday. Um it's here. This is the this is the big event that people in this people in North America, people in the United States, really like to really like to gamble on. So you know, BetOnline.net's got you covered for all of all things uh, related to the final football game of the year. But they also got pro and college hoops. They got odds on hockey. They got odds on soccer. They got odds on MMA and boxing. All your combat sports. You can even play your favorite Vegas casino games. So head on over to BetOnline.net. See more live odds, more props than any other spot. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. Today's show is also brought to you by Gresham Family Law. When you are faced with a big decision that could affect your family and your future, remember that you don't have to face it alone because Gresham Family Law has your back. From helping you to prepare for a successful marriage, to protecting your home, to preserving your legacy, and ensuring that your last wishes are honored with respect, Gresham Family Law is proud to provide holistic family law representation and counsel in areas of family law, including divorce, custody, probate of wills, estate planning, and bankruptcy. So call Gresham Family Law right now at 503-465-9900 and set up an in-person consultation 
at their home office at 1217 Northeast Burnside Road in Gresham. Or you can set up a socially distanced consultation via Zoom or via the telephone. For for some cases and certain types of clients, home visits are also available. So visit GreshamFamilyLaw.com for more information. All right. So we talked about the All-Star teams. Now let's talk about the Trailblazers. Mark Medina of NBA.com, formerly of a couple other places. Mark Medina has been in the game a while, but currently for NBA.com. Spoke with Joe Cronin on the record. Um, probably the most extensive on-the-record Joe Cronin conversation we've seen. And you know what Joe Cronin did? He didn't say anything. He didn't say squat. He he gave us a nothing burger. That interview had very little substance. Um, and I'm not trying to bang on Mark Mazzino for this. It is what it is. He posted a Q&A where he talked to a, uh, a interim GM of a basketball team, chief decision maker of an NBA basketball team. And that dude gave him the pro moves. That was a pro stiff arm. Joe Cronin said nothing, gave very little substance in this interview. But... That doesn't mean that a small colonel didn't um, escape this professional nothing burger. This is why I'm saying this is like, if you're going to give an on-the-record interview a week before the trade deadline as an interim GM heading into what is probably an extremely important, uh, not probably, it is an extremely important uh, trade deadline for the for the future of the franchise, but... Uh, it's it's probably your your first opportunity and and maybe potentially your only opportunity to make a to make a big stamp on what happens. You're not going to tell the press, Jack. It's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Um, if you are manipulating stuff, you're doing it behind the scenes as sources. Like that's sources indicate the Blazers might do this. Cronin's not going to put his name on it and say like we're going to trade CJ McCollum and this is what we want. It doesn't do him any good. There's no value to be gained from saying anything. He said the type of nothing. Uh, you know, we're ha- we like our team. We'll think long term and short term. He said the type of nothing stuff you kind of have to say at this time of year. Um, perhaps more valuable to do this on background, uh, but whatever. Like. Um, I'm not being critical of of the interview. I'm not being critical of 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 Joe. I'm just like, this is the time of year that nothing gets said. Certainly nothing in public gets said. It would not behoove Joe Cronin to be honest here. If he was like, yeah, we're actually going to keep CJ McCollum and trade Anthony Simons for a whole haul of stuff. Like, it, it doesn't do him any good. It doesn't do him any good. It's like, it, there's no reason to say anything. So he, so he, Q&A posts, it's, you know, 600 words. Um, the, 10 questions or so, uh, pretty much the, the most we've, we've seen Cronin speak in public since uh, since his introductory press conference. I believe the only time we've seen him speak in public in his introductory press conference, um, like where he's like quoted on the record, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but he did maybe let a small kernel slip. And I'm going to I'm going to read you the end of it here is uh, Medina asked him about you know, can you build around Dame and CJ and, and Yusuf Nurkic? And, and, and Cronin said, you know, Dame and CJ are still in their primes. Yusuf Nurkic is entering their primes. And when we've put the right pieces around them, we've shown that we can be very competitive. Now, that isn't a meaningful quote, but it is the most meaningful quote in that piece. And if you tie it to some other stuff that has happened recently, you can start to paint a picture that looks like maybe the Blazers aren't going to make the monumental moves that this particular podcaster has been screaming for. Yusuf Nurkic in an interview with The Athletic earlier this month, uh, well, last month because it's February now, but like a couple weeks ago, he spoke to Jason Quick and he told Jason Quick that uh, Joe Cronin had indicated to him 
that the team planned to build around Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, and Yusuf Nurkic, which is wild because they've been doing that for five years and they aren't very good. What the... I'll censor myself for you there. Um, but here, I'll say one thing. Uh, Jason Jason was on the po- was on the pod and explained this. Um, so if you haven't listened to that, Jason Quick, it's waiting in your fe- Jason Quick interview. It's waiting in your feed. It was last Friday's show. Um, so ch- check that out if you haven't. I always listen to the Jason episodes; they're really good. Uh, but it, Jason asked a follow up there to Nurk, and he's like, if, "So you have an assurance you won't be traded?" And Nurk was like, "Well, you have as much assurance as you can have in in the NBA. Like that's <laughs> that's not like how it actually works as a business. But yeah, this is like." Joe Cronin told me to my face, this is this was the plan. Now Joe Cronin basically said the same thing in USA Today. And to that I say, oh, shoot. <laughs> I, if the Blazers go into next season with Damon CJ as their starting backcourt, th- screw this experiment. Like, like, check out on this team. It's it. You know what that's going to be. And maybe don't check out on this team because... I want you to listen to this podcast, but be mad if they don't, if they go into next season uh, with, with Damon CJ as their starting backcourt, be mad. Cause that would be nonsense. Uh, we've seen the peak, what it could be. They were very, very good in 2018. The regular season flopped out in the playoffs. They ran it back with some tweaks around the edges. They got to the Western conference finals. They probably hit their peak. They haven't gotten there again. And to run it back with the same exact group when Damian Lord has been asking for big changes would be wild. I don't know if it'd be malpractice, but it'd be a wild approach to this. Um, however, I do I don't expect Joe Cronin to give us any any info here. But I will say this. If the Blazers do not trade CJ McCollum at the deadline here, that we're a week away. I'm recording this on February 3rd. This is a Friday, February 4th show, uh, free in five days a week on all platforms. Thanks for listening and making your first listen every day. But this this we're, you know, less than as you're listening to this, less than a week away from the trade deadline, right? Six days away from the trade deadline. If the Trailblazers do not trade CJ McCollum at the trade deadline, if they don't do that on February 10th or ahead of February 10th, it's not the end of the world. They can trade him in the summertime. They can trade him around in the draft. They can trade him in the offseason in July. Like, they can make a move. Um, it's it's not the end of the world. If CJ McCollum is on this team on August 1st, you can you can get your Rotten Tomatoes ready and start chucking them at uh, one center court, 22 Drexler Drive, if you want to sneak in the backside of the arena. Like, um, that is, they do not need to trade CJ McCollum at, in February to make this work to make the future work, to commit to a next step, to change the direction of this franchise. They cannot start next season with him. So what Cronin might have tipped his hat to here is we don't feel pressure to do it now. And that's cool. I don't think he should feel pressure to necessarily do it now. But if 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 Cronin is the guy to build this thing, if they, the, the Blazers remove the uh, remove the interim tag and make him the full-time GM, and all indicators are that they will. You know, uh, Joe Cronin has hired Andre Patterson to be his assistant GM. Hard to see a guy hiring an assistant GM and then losing his job. Like, the, uh, everything about this team suggests that, that Cronin will be the guy to do this. And if he's the guy to do this, he cannot make the same mistakes as predecessor. I mean, he can. He can do whatever the hell he wants. But boy, he shouldn't. And I think we have five years of data to suggest that a Damon CJ backcourt can be just fine. And a Damon CJ Yusuf Nurkic trio can be pretty good. But if the Blazers are comfortable with being pretty good, it not only sends the wrong signal to you, dear listener and Blazers fan out there, it sends the wrong signal to Damian Lord. It would be, it would be just, it would just be wrong. Straight up wrong, in my opinion. Um, 
Maybe I'm reading too much into this USA Today piece. And in fact, I'm trying not to read anything to this USA Today piece. But that little that little blurb, plus what Yusuf Nurkic said, and Nurk said in the summertime, I heard no big trades are coming. You know what the Blazers did? No big trades came. Nurk has been, Nurk. what they have told Nurk, what Neil told Nurk was true in the summer, what Joe Cronin told Nurk could potentially be true again here. To me, those are red flags. I would be getting worried. I would be stocking up on rotten fruit. Um, this, I guess I'm encouraging, maybe encouraging like mild vandalism. And I'm. this is a joke. I want to be clear. This is a joke. Uh, don't Please don't vandalize um, one center court or any uh, any places in Northeast Portland. But like, this would be nonsense. It'd be nonsense if they do it. Don't, don't, don't do it. Um, I'm hoping that this nothing burger that was on NBA.com's website today is in fact that. It is just someone doing a reporter a solid and saying, sure, I'll give you an interview. I'm not going to give you any real answers, but I'll give you an interview. Let's hope that Cronin was savvy enough to do that and that he wasn't tipping his hand to what the future might be. Because if that's the future, it sucks. I think that's that. Let's come back in the third segment. Talk about something that doesn't suck. Larry Nance is coming back, y'all. There's some positivity for you. Yeah, I'm I'm mad at stagnation. I am pro big change. I'm ready for real big change. But if there's if short of no big change, because all I can do is yell into a microphone. Short of, of no big change, the most important thing about the season, Blazers season is is the development of who's on the roster and does do the parts fit. And if Larry Nance Jr. is back, I get a good chance to see if he fits, at least for a couple days and maybe a couple months. So let's talk about Larry's return in the final segment. But first, let's talk about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar that there is. Typical Bill Bar, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. It's a pretty good deal. Plus, they come in amazing flavors like mint brownie, like coconut almond, like my personal favorite peanut butter brownie, or another all-timer, cookies and cream, plus some fruity flavors like raspberry and strawberry, plus double chocolate, salted caramel, and limited time flavors all the time. They pack a punch, all tasty, all healthy. So go get yourself some. Go to built.com. Use that promo code LOCKED15. Get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listening to Locked on Blazers. Talked NBA All-Stars. I got a little bit mad at Joe Cronin. Let's shift gears a little bit. Because I don't know if I, I don't know if I need to be mad at Joe Cronin yet. We'll save that outrage for July. Here's some good news though: the Blazers injury report, which has been lengthy and um, worth reading, we'll say for the last six weeks, got a little update today. When the Blazers sent out their uh, final update of of Thursday, their final uh, like day before update, heading into heading into Friday's game against OKC, where they play start a back to back against Oklahoma City and then the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, Larry Nance Jr. Upgraded to questionable. Never has questionable been so good. Larry Nance Jr. was injured on January 5th. Came up like a non-contact injury, or at least it was not 100% clear where he got um, where he got hurt. And I don't believe he's spoken to the media since then, which um, is probably against league rules, but uh, I'll, I'll take that up with someone else. Uh, but it's... He's he's been out for a month. He's been out since January fifth. He's missed fifteen games. The team is calling it right knee inflammation. Uh, a Twitter user told me that right knee inflammation means a bone bruise. Let me look up who this Twitter user is and give him credit. Uh, give them credit because listen, what it is is like it looked like a bad injury. Then Adrian Wojnarowski reported, oh, you know, it's not that bad. Uh, and then it's 
and then as as we get further along it's like oh he's been out with right knee inflammation for a month like what is that what does that mean uh so what it means was that larry nance jr had maybe like a maybe like a more serious injury than was indicated or at least needed some time. And this, who told me this was Keeley at uh, Lothringen360 on Twitter says that in right knee inflammation equals a bone bruise. I'm going to trust that Twitter user because that, um, one, the kind of guy I am, I want to give credit to my listeners. And two, uh, not a doctor, but that sounds, that that would make more sense than uh, just like, oh, his knee's puffy. Um, bone bruise, out for a month. So uh, upgrade questionable. That's good news because it means that he's, you know, he's been listed as out ever since that January 5th date. This is this is a step in the right direction. If you want to get like super technical, questionable means 50% likely to play. I don't think it means that in Blazerland. I think it means much more likely to play. In any case, I would say it's very unlikely that Larry Nance plays uh, both nights of a back-to-back. So if he plays Friday, you don't think of, I don't think he'll play Saturday. And if he doesn't play Friday, I think there's a chance he plays Saturday, right? Like I think, um, I think it just means, you know, He's he's likely. I, I would say he's very likely to play in one of these next two games because why would they change the designation? Uh, he's reportedly was uh, you know last week. Chauncey Phillips told reporters while they were on the road that, um, and I saw this reporting from Casey Holdolf, Trailblazers.com, is that uh, Larry Nance had you know upgraded what he was doing on the court, was doing more contact stuff, was playing just like doing more basketball things and getting closer to a return. Now this looks like he's going to come back um, sometime this weekend or you know, in the next, in the next few games, I don't, I don't want to get too ahead of my skis here, but just reading the tea leaves next couple games, we'll see Larry back. And why is that important? Right? Like you say, like the games don't matter. The um, Blazers need to lose. Getting good players back in the lineup is not good. Um, here's why it matters to me. One, uh, I'm maybe not like as emotionally committed to the Blazers losing as some, um, I understand they should lose as many games as possible and get a better draft pick and move forward. But like the, what this team actually needs to be is good in the fall. And one of the important ways that, that they're going to get good in the fall is find out if the pieces fit for my money. Um, learning has been pretty underwhelming this year and, uh, they were having trouble getting him to fit as a backup four next to Cody Zeller. Then they started playing him at five, and that's when he looked the best, when he was the the lone big on the court. Um, and then they benched uh, Rocco, and they put him next to Nurk. I didn't love his fit next to Nurk. I think that's a clunky fit together, but one of the big like things that the Blazers can find out while being clunky, they have the like luxury of being clunky over the next couple months, is if Larry Nance is on the team after the trade deadline, and Yusuf Nurkic is on the team the trade deadline, play those two dudes together a whole bunch, see how they fit, see if they can develop some chemistry, see if they can get a little bit better. Um, neither of them are outside shooters. It clogs the paint a little bit. Uh, I, I just think Larry's a five. I think Chauncey Billups has said pretty clearly he sees Larry as a five. And then he like kind of has forced his hand and has to play Larry at the four. And he's like, oh, Larry is actually just a basketball player. I believe the first thing Chauncey said when he said, I see him as a backup five. That's how I see Larry Nance too. That's what I'd like to see him play a bunch. Um, it'll mean that Trendon Watford doesn't have to play as many minutes as backup center, hopefully zero minutes at backup center, and he can play backup four, which I think will be a little bit better for him. Although Trendon and Larry's going to be clunky too because of the outside shooting. But like so much of this Blazers season for, from here on out is development. And it's not like development of the of the young guys. Like I don't need to see CJ Ellaby and Greg Brown get a bunch of minutes. They're not part of the Blazers' immediate future. I don't... I, I'm not, I do not have much investment. I don't think the team should have like a ton of investment of like, oh, let's get CJLB 35 minutes and see what we got. He could play 18, 19, he'll be fine. Um, but NBA dudes on the roster and Larry Nance is under contract for next season. So if the Blazers don't trade him, he's very likely to be on the team next year. Um, his fit 
and how he works and what how Chauncey can use him and all those things. That is data. That is useful stuff to like be good in the fall with a good NBA player. I'm a believer in Larry Nance. I think he's kind of underwhelmed me, like I said, this year, but I think he can get there. I think he's talented enough to figure it out. But some of that figuring out is that he's got to be healthy. He's got to play. He's got to play next to Nurk. He's got to play with as the lone big. And Chauncey Billups has got to figure out how to best deploy Larry Nance. Like that's that's the test. So Larry coming back, um, this isn't like, you know, we'll see how much he plays and when he plays, but like it's it's just crucially important for the Blazers to figure out what you got. Just figure out what you got because they're trying to thread this needle to be, you know, miss the playoffs this year, which they're just going to do because their roster's not very good thanks to injuries and also not being very good to begin with. Um, they're, you know, but they want to be good again in October. They want to, they want to, when Dame is back and healthy and ready training camp and is your little's back and healthy and ready training camp, like they want to hit the ground running and be a competitive team and like push for uh home court advantage in the playoffs. Blair Nance could certainly be part of that math. And so finding out how he fits, what, what, what best ways to use him and, you know, him developing chemistry with, with Ant and, and CJ and Norm and whoever might still be here, or if he's still here and they trade for some other players, him developing chemistry with who's going to be on the roster next year, vitally important to me. That is vitally important for this team's success moving forward. And it's like the number one thing I want to see is how do the parts fit and how can Chauncey Billups figure out how to get the most out of those parts? That's the test. So, so Nance coming back starts that test, uh, whether it's Friday, whether it's Saturday or, or sometime next week, his return will help us get more knowledge of what this group could potentially look like in the future. Should it ever be whole again? That's going to do it for today's show. Tell your friends about this podcast. It's free on all platforms, five days a week. Coming at you every single weekday, the only Daily Trailblazers podcast. We have a lot of fun here. Uh, next week, we're going to have some interviews. We're going to have some game recaps of the Blazers games over the weekend. Uh, we had, a, if you missed it, yesterday's show, we had listeners on the show. Our first ever Trailblazers or Locked on Blazers listener summit. Ton of fun. Make sure you listen to that one. Uh, next week, we'll have some other more formal interviews with people who cover the team and cover the league. Uh, we had one fall through this week, but we're going to get them. Don't even worry about it. So like I said, we have a lot of fun here. I appreciate you listening, and the best way you can help me is tell your friends about this show. Tell them to search Locked on Blazers, and they will find us wherever, and I mean that, wherever they're looking for us. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.